Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Von Ars, here with my co-host, Kara Egler. And today's episode is actually backed by popular demand. We are answering questions for you, our awesome listeners. And this episode, we are talking about a lot of things. We're going to be touching on a lot of topics. We're going to be talking about exchanges and returns, different options for that. We're going to be talking about using multiple print-on-demand companies. Should you stick with one? Should you use multiple? We're going to be talking about pricing strategy and a whole lot more. But real quick, before we begin, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. It helps us reach new listeners and it helps you never miss an episode. So with that, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. And just before we hop in, here's a quick word from this episode's sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Gelato, the world's largest print-on-demand network. Gelato enables individuals ranging from e-commerce entrepreneurs to artists and creatives to establish their own global business. The magic of Gelato is that they focus on local production. The item being delivered is produced in the country that the order is placed almost 90% of the time, leading to many benefits such as lower costs, faster delivery times, and most importantly, reducing carbon emissions. The focus on tech to knit together over 130 production facilities across 32 countries is truly unique. Thanks to this, they currently have the highest customer satisfaction score in the print-on-demand industry on Trustpilot. To check them out for yourself, go to sixfigurefounder.com slash gelato and use the discount code PODPLAYBOOK, all capital letters, to get 60% off your first order when placed within 72 hours. That's the number sixfigurefounder.com slash G-E-L-A-T-O. You can also find the link and discount code in the podcast show notes or in the video description on YouTube. Adrian, what's going on, man? Hey, Carrie, I am doing well. Uh, still fired up from yesterday's masterclass. So Carrie led just a fire masterclass, if I do say so myself, on Facebook ads that convert yesterday for our six-figure founder community. We do monthly masterclasses, and this one was so good. It's just so cool to see so many examples of brands that are crushing it with Facebook ads because contrary to popular belief, Facebook ads still work. You know what I mean? I've said this before, but the thing that, you know, I think the misconception with Facebook ads is people run Facebook ads, they drive traffic to their website and they don't make sales. And then they say Facebook ads don't work, but that's not Facebook ads job you know their job is to drive traffic to your website and it's our job as the sellers to convert those website visitors into customers and so um i think it's something that needs to be constantly reiterated even to myself sometimes i'm like oh damn facebook you know it's (laughs) it's not facebook if if it's driving traffic to your website then you know we should be converting and there's a lot of people that are still crushing it with the ads whether we like oh, yeah. to hear it or not, sometimes I our would, ads aren't doing well, and that's okay. But I would say it's, it's probably more. It's, it's probably more brands than ever are are crushing it with Facebook and Instagram ads. And I think you're right. Yeah. It's the the most common thing. I'm guilty of it. So we're not we're not calling anybody out. Like oh, I'm same. definitely guilty of like running <laughs> yeah. the ads and being like, man, Facebook ads just like they just don't work. Or totally, you know, it's the ads' fault. It's the right. it's Facebook's fault or the algorithm. It's like 
no, your design just isn't popular. Like people just don't want it. Move on to the next right. design, right? Like, yeah. It's, or it's it, just not getting in front of the right people. Yeah. But I, I feel like in most cases, it's that the design just isn't resonating enough yeah. for it to make a bunch of sales and to be a profitable campaign. And that's okay. We test. That's why, that's why we test. That's why we always recommend testing in small budgets so you don't burn through a bunch of money. And eventually, if you keep testing and you keep improving your designs based on feedback, based on the engagement and the reactions that you get from your customers and what they buy, your designs will evolve and get better over time. And eventually you could become a hit maker. You could just yeah. like figure out that secret sauce and you can just remix like a winning design. You can repurpose it. You can do so many things. But uh, what I liked about that masterclass is you gave a lot of like examples of brands killing it today, running Facebook ads. Yeah. And I think it's important to see that. It's inspiration for everybody, for me, for you, for everyone in the community, you know, to see that they do work. And when you or when me or when anyone finds that winning design, it can like it can work serious magic. Like every every design that have scaled up to six figures was off the back of paid ads. You know, Same. you get the Same. success leaves clues. You drop the designs, uh, you know, to your social media. You see how people react. If it's disproportionate engagement, then that's a really good sign. You run small budget ads and then you scale them up with paid ads. And that's kind of what we teach and that's what works. That's what's working right now. It's kind of what's always worked. So um, yeah, it's funny because yeah, I, I just, I, I always t tell the story of like, I, I did the opposite of what, kind of what we recommend is like when I first started, the first thing I did was fire up Facebook ads because the guy that was kind of mentoring me was like, he was like a Facebook ads, you know, he, he was, he was like, you got to run Facebook ads. So I had no idea what I was doing. So I didn't do any organic or anything like that. I just like <laughs> started this $5 a day ad and somehow like got a sale. And it's like, I kind of went the, the opposite way. I did the organic stuff later on and mm. ads was the way I kind of started. And it's not what we recommend today because the platforms yeah. are so different and all, all the different things. So that's not typically what we recommend, but that doesn't mean ads aren't like an amazing opportunity to make tons of sales and scale up your scale up your designs and your sales. And, uh, yeah. it was really awesome teaching that class yesterday. I think it, I think it brought a lot of value for our six figure founder members. And, uh, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, we do one of those classes every single month. We do a master class every single month. We've done organic marketing or I'm sorry, we've done Instagram marketing. You brought the fire mm -hmm. on that one Thank we did you. An SEO class. We've done some AI stuff, which yeah. is really cool. Like there there's been a ton of really great classes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, and, you know, just going back on your strategy, that strategy, that old strategy that you mentioned that can still work today. The only problem is it's kind of like the fast and risky approach. Yep. It's like, you can burn through a lot of money taking that approach because you're run, you're testing every single design proven or unproven mm -hmm. and that can get really expensive. And that's why we do not recommend that today. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to kind of, you know, state that because yeah. it can work, but it's not the approach we recommend. Uh, I remember one of our six FF members had mentioned that they hired an agency. I think this was before they had made any sales. They hired an agency and paid them like $2,000 or they spent like two to $3,000 on ads. And I don't think they made a single sale. And I was just like, Oh man, like it hurts. hurt hearing that it hurt. I was like, that, that pains me to hear that because 
we, we would never recommend that approach out of the gate. And that could be very discouraging. If, you know, if someone comes out, they start up their website, they do their social media, and then they do this and, and just burn $3,000 on ads without a single sale. I could see some people throwing in the towel and being like, all right, this doesn't work. I've had it, but that's not the case at all. It's just, it was just a reverse approach. They, they put in all this money up front without proven, uh, you know, without proven designs, proven concepts, and it did not bear fruit at the beginning. And now I'm loving what they're doing. They've made so many changes. Their brand looks so awesome. It keeps getting better. They're, they've, they've really dialed in and got a lot more clarity on their niche. And I'm really proud of them. And mm -hmm. if you're listening, like, you know who you are. Like, you guys are doing so good. And we really enjoyed reviewing your website. We do website reviews in Six Figure Founder as well. And we've done a couple of website reviews for them. And man, these people take massive action. It's a husband and wife team, I believe. And they just really like from the first website review to the second one they just made so many changes and their brand is really coming together and so it's exciting to see i just feel so bad for them that you know that they had to learn the hard way out of the gate but uh yeah. they're clearly strong and they have not given up and they just keep getting better so you know what's cool adrian is uh not to not to spend too much time like talking about six figure founder but i really do love the program and I was just thinking about, man, there's been so many big wins lately that have been coming through from, from the students in Six Figure Founder. I can think of yeah. uh, somebody who just let us know that she's been driving a ton of sales through like DMing and like the Instagram organic kind of strategy of reaching out mm. to people. She's been mm -hmm. really hustling and making a lot, of, a lot of sales that way. Somebody, one of our students just announced that she got a billboard in Times Square for her brand. Dude, is that crazy? Wild. A digital billboard in Times <laughs> yeah. Square. That's insane. Like, we were like, what? Like everybody was celebrating <laughs> her in the community. And then we just had a, another student cross a huge sales milestone in their, in yep. their business. Like a really, really awesome number in a short amount of time that we were like, whoa, uh, she's yeah. been, she's been running ads. She's been having a ton of success with ads. And so there's so, there's been so many wins lately that I think are really awesome. And uh, I wanted to just briefly mention while we're talking about it, if, if you're listening out there and you have a brand and you're wanting to grow it to that six figure and beyond mark, uh, the wait list is open. We recently wrapped up a launch of mm -hmm. our six figure founder program. So um, it's the doors are not open currently, but you can get on the wait list to make sure you get priority access to the next time we open up our coaching program, six figure founder. So um, if you do want to get on that wait list, if you're listening to us and you're like, man, I want to be in that group, you want that uh, camaraderie, you want that support, you want to learn from us and the master classes and the reviews and all the different things that we do, uh, check out the link in the description for the Six Figure Founder wait list. I believe it's the number six, figurefounder.com slash join. Is that right? That's correct. Figurefounder.com slash join. Take you over to the wait list. You just put in your name and email and you'll get, you'll be the first to know when we open up again. Yeah, number six figurefounder.com slash join. And just to kind of go on on like wins from members, you didn't even mention that one of our members uh, got an influencer to uh, wear one of her products in one of his videos. This guy has, I believe, over 650,000 followers, something like that. Yeah, yeah too um, many to remember. And then another one of our members, one of their first sales was to a celebrity. How crazy is that? Like, I'm wild. pretty sure the celebrity actually bought the product off of them and they saw the name. They're like, wait a sec. And then they looked at the address like, oh, yeah, that looks like where they're from. So <laughs> 
it's just so cool, man, to Wild. be connected to such an amazing community of massive action takers and hear about their wins all along the way and then be able to share those kind of successes. Um, because part of this, I, I think a big part of this uh, podcast is kind of mindset, you know, in, in improving mindset. A lot of the feedback that we get from people is that uh, they find it inspiring listening to a podcast and, and they're starting to believe like this is possible for them. And that's so important. One thing that we always say is before anything else, you have to believe like you have to believe that you are worthy of this. You have to believe that this is possible for you before you do anything else. That's the number one thing. And that comes down to mindset. And so uh, one one thing that I love about this podcast and, and the feedback that we're getting is that a lot of people that's they they're getting a lot of inspiration and they're starting to believe that this is possible for them and it's causing people to take action we're getting emails mm -hmm. from people we're getting messages on youtube from people we're getting reviews from people that are all taking action and Dude, the email really that cool email you got i don't think we can really share it yet but yeah. you got an email from a listener that is absolutely crushing it yeah and has found value in the podcast another just another yeah. example of a brand that's just doing amazing things yeah, um, totally. I'm going to get, I'm going to ask him for permission to share it. I don't want to share it without his permission. Um, but if I do, I'll share it on the podcast in a future episode for sure. But I, I do like, I do love what you're saying though, because I think there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast that you might be struggling and you're like in your apparel brand, you're like, you're trying this thing or you can't figure mm -hmm. out how to get the sales going. And it's, I think it's really encouraging to hear about brands that are having success that are totally. doing really great things. Cause there's so many of them and there's, there's more brands that are starting up each day. I mean, there's, oh, I think it's like over a million stores on Shopify. It's well over a million. No, it's maybe it's, maybe it's way more than that. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know where I'm getting these stats from. <laughs> I'm trying to pull know. stats out of my head, <laughs> but there's like, there's so many brands starting up each and every year. And mm. so it's good to hear those success stories of people that are, that are doing so well uh, in their yeah. brands. I got a fly flying around in here, but <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I got one more win. I want to share. One more win. Sure, let's go. Drop uh, it. After I just came up with my random stats for some reason, I'm like, what am I thinking? Um, <laughs> I don't have to look that up now. Maybe I was on point. But anyways, I got one more win to share. Adrian, did you know that we've recently crossed over 100,000 listens on the podcast? I was recently made aware of that and my mind was blown. My mind was absolutely blown. It's like, that's, that's a six-figure podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> 100,000 listens. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, to think that 100,000 people have listened to this podcast, it, man, that's, it, it's just like, uh, for me, it's just like, I, I just feel an abundance of gratitude. And I know every single episode we thank our listeners, but guys, of course, like we never, we never want you to think that we're not grateful for you being listeners. Like we have to thank you guys because the listeners are so awesome. All you guys that binge listen to the episodes, I've heard so many people say they binge listen to the episodes. Um, or they listen them over and over and they take notes. Like, that's amazing. Like, congratulations to you. You should be giving yourself a pat on the back. You're, you know, you're taking action, you're learning, and hopefully you're applying a lot of this stuff because that's, that's another big point of the podcast. We're trying to put out value that, that you can take out there and you can apply. I'm like slapping my head and stuff because I got a fly in here. <laughs> so if you're listening on audio, you can't see me like slapping myself in the face because I'm trying to get this fly. I'm sorry. I thought you were just like, oh, I'm dreaming at 100,000 yeah. listeners. I'm trying to slap myself out of this dream. It's too good to be true. Anyways, to transition this, 
we are yes. very appreciative of uh, of you guys as listeners. And that's the reason we're doing an episode like this, which is mm -hmm. a listener Q&A episode. So we want to answer yeah. your questions. We want to engage with the community. We appreciate you so much, and we hope you're getting value out of this. So I think with that being said, should we move into some of the Q&A? Yes, except right after we shout out one of our amazing listeners. That's right. Because that's right. we're getting lots of reviews on Apple Reviews, um, and we always like to shout, shout you guys out. So... Um, I'm going to quickly shout out uh, JY underscore 86. And the headline is great show. They give us a five star review. Thank you very much. And they say very informative and engaging to listen to. The only downside, I love this, is that there is only one show a week. Easily one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Well, you know what? If there's going to be any downside, I hope that that's it. Um, I guess we could break up these marathon episodes into like two or three episodes and put out a couple of weeks, <laughs> but, yeah. but no, we're, we're, we're probably not going to do that. But, um, but two I 30 really minute episodes or one, one hour episode, <laughs> yeah. 100, one minute episodes, there you go. Um, but no, we really appreciate you guys. We really appreciate your reviews. Please keep them coming. It helps the podcast. It helps us reach new listeners. Uh, and you guys are awesome. So with that, let's now transition into our q a episode so this is backed by popular demand we did one a couple months ago it sounded like people really enjoyed it these are questions that we get emailed to us um and also some of the questions we took from youtube so thank you everyone for your questions most of the time if you have this question, there's probably a lot of people that have this question. And so we kind of went through and grabbed questions that we commonly get asked because we want to we want to answer them so that there's no, you know, there's no ambiguity there. So why don't we just start right at, right out of the gate with question number one? And this is such a good question that we get a lot. And so we're going to try our best to answer this question. And that is what are the best practices for cancellations and return policies. It's tough. Jerry, did you want to start out or do you want me to start yeah. out? Yeah, I think. Placid.net is the internet's largest collection of realistic mockups, design templates, and so much more. In fact, it's our most used tool as print on demand and apparel sellers, and we've been using it almost daily for over eight years. With the power of Placeit, you can put your designs on products ranging from t-shirts, mugs, hats, bags, posters, and more. Then simply pick the setting and model and generate a high quality, realistic photo mock-up that you can use on your website, social media, in your marketing, or wherever you choose. Not only that, Placeit has an incredible design studio to create your next best-selling design. Start with one of the thousands of templates or create your design from scratch in a matter of minutes. Place it really is like magic with a do it for you type offering. And we believe this is a must have tool for every print on demand or apparel seller. Go to sixfigurefounder.com slash place it to get 10% off your first month or 10% off an annual subscription. No discount code is required, but you must use our link to get your 10% off. That's the number six figurefounder.com slash place it, or use the link below in the show notes or in the description on YouTube. Thank you so much, Place It, for sponsoring this episode. 
I think there's a lot of different philosophies on returns because I think on one hand, you know, if you're a small brand and you, you know, maybe you're doing 500 bucks, a thousand bucks a month, you know, or, or even maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I think you have a tendency to like want to protect yourself, like really protect your profit, really protect the, you know, you're like, you're trying to minimize returns. Personally, my philosophy is I really try to take care of the customer when it comes to returns and different things. So I tend to err on the side of the customer. Um, and, and, you know, so that means I'm a little more lenient on returns, a little more lenient on cancellations, but I will give one uh, really great tip um, that I've used for years that has worked really well in minimizing returns. What I've always done is one, one thing that I, one thing that I have uh, required customers to do is I normally require them to pay return shipping if it is something that's their fault. So let's say that, you know, they, they basically like anything sizing related, you know, if they order the wrong size or something like that, um, I generally, uh, I generally have them pay return shipping. So I will refund them, but I'll deduct the shipping out of their amount that they paid. But what I, what I do is I'm trying to think of other scenarios off the top of my head that would, that would maybe fall into that category of kind of on the customer issue. Maybe they ordered the wrong t-shirt design. They thought they were getting a different one that that's happened a few times. But, um, one thing that I do a tip, like a best practice as, as mentioned here is instead of, uh, in, instead of having them pay the return shipping, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, would you prefer to pay the return shipping and then reorder the t-shirt or the size that you wanted? Or would you prefer to keep the item? And I'll just throw you a 50% off discount code, uh, for, for your next purchase. That way you can order the new, you know, the, the right size or the new design uh, that you actually wanted and you'll end up with two. The reason I, the reason I do this is because normally you're not going to want to sell like a t-shirt that has been returned. Um, and it's, it, what you're doing is you're not getting a refund. You're actually just selling another item at basically at cost for the most part. So if you think about it, they order an item, let's say they pay you $30, right? They get the item. They're like, I want to return it and get a different item. And I say, you can pay the return shipping. It's probably going to be six or seven bucks, or I can give you this 50% off coupon and you'll be left with both items. I would tell you probably like 90% of the time, maybe 80% of the time they take the coupon. Mm -hmm. And so I end up not having to process a return, not losing any money, actually probably making a little bit extra profit because they buy another t-shirt, you know, at 50% off. And that's been like a tip that, you know, I've used for so long. I've even had students who have said, who have said the same thing, like, oh man, this has saved me so many returns, just offering them a discount code in exchange for, or in light of, instead of paying the return shipping. Hopefully that wasn't too complicated and kind of makes sense, but yeah. it usually makes sense for the customer, right? They can give the other t-shirt or the other product to a family member as a gift, you know, and still get what they want. And they're not paying mm -hmm. much more than they would pay for the return shipping. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It, you know, this one, it's a bit of a tricky one with print on demand, especially because we're not used to fulfilling our orders we don't we aren't the ones who print and ship them out we can't just receive it back and then turn it around and, and ship yeah. it out to someone else it's you know so um it is a little bit tricky and there are a number of ways to handle this the simplest simplest and most customer friendly way would be just to do free returns and exchanges however <laughs> i've tried that before and i felt like it was strongly abused 
Um, it was really problematic. Uh, I actually know people personally who will go and they'll order multiple of an item only to see how they all fit. And then they'll keep the one item. So they might order a shirt in three or four sizes, and then they keep the one that they want and return the other three. And they can do that on somewhere like Amazon. No problem. Amazon will let them do that. But that hurts the the seller because yeah. the seller has to deal with the repercussions of this. And that is not good for print on demand. And so as much as I would love to just offer free exchanges and free returns, mm -hmm. I always put a barrier in place. I personally learned my lesson the hard way. We noticed that people were doing that kind of thing where they would order multiple products and then they would return like two or three of them and just keep one. Um, and so we do also, we also do the return shipping, the $5 return shipping. Yep. Um, so for example, if it's a exchange, so we, we try to make it as easy as possible for people. And essentially we give them two options and this is just the way we do it. There's a, a lot of different ways to do it. I'm not saying that this is the perfect way, but we essentially give them two options. We say one, you can send your item back and you'll just pay $5 that covers the cost you have to. So they actually have to cover the cost of shipping back and then pay $5. And that covers our cost of shipping to ship the new item out to them. Nice. So essentially that just cuts out the shipping. And even with like with print on demand, even when we do that, we're just kind of breaking even there because let's say that your margins are 50%. Let's say that the cost of goods, you're paying the production cost of let's say it's a t-shirt that you're selling for $30 and you're paying $15. Well, when you resend another t-shirt and you can't resell the first one, mm -hmm. they kind of cross each other out. And so we're like, this is the best customer experience that we can offer without losing money every time someone exchanges an item. And we actually are really like really, we try to be as nice about it as possible in the script that, that our customer support person sends. And they're like, oh, you know, there's just a $5 cost to cover the cost of our shipping to reship the item to you, but we'll ship it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll send it to you for free, but it does require like, you know, the $5 for shipping. So that's what we do for um, exchanges. So we usually break even on exchanges, but our hope is that it's such a good customer experience that they'll come back and and that they'll, they'll understand and that they'll be happy with that the alternative the second alternative that we give them is actually to give them a gift card for the value of the item that they want to exchange so that they can just reorder that and good, again it evens out right it's it's if if you give them a gift card for the value they have to buy it from you and you've sold two items but one item you're, you're kind of giving a gift card for the equivalent value. Mm -hmm. So they pay, let's say $30 for the t-shirt, but they got two t-shirts, which if your production costs are $15, then that balances out in the wash. So we say, we give them like a hassle-free option with the gift card, and then we give them the other one. So if they're like not happy about having to ship it, it's also inconvenient for them to have to like go to yeah. a store oh, and yeah. pay the shipping costs and then, and then pay the $5. So we give them like a hassle-free option and then a, another option. It's totally up to them, but we find that giving those two options, we've got really good um, overall, like, you know, still some people are unhappy. They just want the free and uh, like abundant returns and exchanges like Amazon's, but we're not Amazon. We don't try to be Amazon. We can't compete with Amazon. They're a big multi-billion dollar company and most sellers can't compete with Amazon. So we're, we're doing our best with the resources we have. And that's what I recommend. Um, when it comes to returns, 
So we do also implement some sort of cost for returns. So maybe it's $5 per item to, you know, return the item and we call it like a restocking fee, even though we don't actually resell it. It's just a way to recover some of the costs because yep. with print on demand, when someone returns an item, you've lost that money. It's, you know, you, you like, unless you can resell that item, it's which unworn. maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, it's, yeah, even if it's not worn, like you get it back and you're like, well, what do I do with this? My, I, I outsource fulfillment. There yeah. are alternatives. Like you could put it on your website as like a used item for a steep discount and then you can self-fulfill it. That's one way to turn around returns. Another way is to put it somewhere like Poshmark. So Poshmark mm -hmm. is a very popular website for selling apparel, a lot of used apparel. It's mainly used apparel. And so that's another option that you could do. But these things take time and your time is very valuable and your time is money. And so you have to decide, like, if I were to turn this these around on Poshmark or if I were to manually fulfill them, if that takes me an hour to like pack, uh, you know, go to the post office and ship it off and then come back and you're probably going to pay high shipping costs because you're not getting the discount that you get from your fulfillment company, yeah. um, then is that worth your time? Like if you're only making $10 profit by reselling this and it's taking you an hour, is your time worth $10 an hour? I would argue that everyone listening, your time is worth much more than $10 an hour. I would too. And so Thanks. that is why, uh, you know, you got to think about the opportunity costs and do kind of like a cost benefit analysis uh, to see if it's worth it. That was a really long kind of drawn out <laughs> explanation, Yeah. but I just wanted to let people know what we do and like, you know, the simplest lowest hanging fruit option, which we don't recommend free, free returns and exchanges. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, oh, I wanted to say if it's a defective item, I hope most people know this, but I don't expect most people to know this. Your print on demand company will almost always automatically free of charge reship the item to your customer so if your customer reaches out to you and says there's a hole in my shirt or it's the wrong shirt you should not have to eat that cost that is not your fault that's what you hire the fulfillment company for that's what you hire a print-on-demand company for so uh if you are ever is driving me insane i'm watching this distracting. I'm trying to get him on the back of my head. He's driving me insane, dude. I can't focus. Dude. Oh man. Keep going. So Sorry, listeners. Like, trying to like summertime. Like, there's a fly. Oh He's in oh, my yeah. office. I can't get him out. I can't kill him. Right. I'm good. Oh, man. It's, it's all good. It's just so funny because I'm like trying to talk and you're like, wait, you slapping my head. It's like I someone slapped, tapping on your head when you're trying to think, you know? I slapped the back of my head and he literally came around and landed right on my nose. Like, <laughs> this is the stupidest thing ever. Hopefully I got him with oh, one of those slaps. Oh. I, don't, I don't know where he's at right now. All right, keep going. Next That's question, funny. All right, please. all right. Yeah, just, to, just <laughs> my point is uh, don't ever feel like you should be responsible for resetting that item. Like, you don't have to go in and manually reorder that item. Send your print-on-demand company a uh, an email or, or live chat with them let them know what happened ask for a photo of the defect from your customer because a lot of times they will ask for that and then send that to them and they should if they're a good like print on demand company they should absolutely resend that without any hesitation all right i think that we've kind of beaten that one to death and i hope that that was really helpful for people and let you know kind of the different options that are available to you there's other options too but these are just kind of the ones we mentioned so let's go on to question number two and uh 
Uh, Carrie, all right. Question number two. Here we go. This is real life, people. This is real life. What's that? Yeah, like, is that so this is real life. Fly. Uh, he's oh. gone at the moment. Hopefully, I either killed him or he's going to stay somewhere else. All right. He was gone for like 15 minutes and then came back. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. All right. Keep it rolling. Question number two. I am just starting my apparel business. Is it best to start with print on demand, printing items myself, or having them printed in bulk? I think Short we should answer. break down all three options. Go, go yeah, ahead, Kerry. Thank you for this question. This is a question that uh, so many people want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, the short answer is we would recommend that you start with print on demand. Yeah. The reason is that print on demand is there's basically zero risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like you could list, you could list a hundred different designs, a thousand different designs, and you could test all those designs and find a winner. And you've literally spent like $0, like you don't have to spend oh, any sorry. money. So if you print them yourself, the, the age old, I guess the age old uh, issue is, you know, before, let's say 20 years ago, you know, to be gracious, 20 years ago, let's say before 20 years ago, like you had to basically order a bunch of products and then try to sell that inventory. And it, I'm not just talking about t-shirts, it's like anything, just like, you know, whatever. Um, I sell this little adapter box, right? I order, I go, I go and I find a supplier and I order a thousand of these little USB adapters. And then I, I have to put all that money up front to buy these adapters. And then I try to sell them. Right. And if I can't sell them, I'm just out of that money with print mm -hmm. on demand. You don't have to do that. Right. You only pay mm -hmm. when you make a sale. So right. that's the reason that we, that's the biggest reason we would, I think we both would recommend that you start with print on demand is because um if your business doesn't work like that's fine right you just you can start up another one or you can do something else right if pivot you know, and move if, on yeah and that's you, the beauty of print on demand you can the, do that with minimal cost and yeah. minimal risk the worst thing you could do is go and print yourself or have them locally printed and pay for all that inventory because you, you're like man this design it's going to go off I'm going to go get a hundred printed and then I'm going to go list them and to go sell them. And then if they, if you can't sell them, you just, you just lost all that money. There's nothing you can mm -hmm. do. So that's just keep it brief. Like we would recommend that you start with print on demand. That being said, there are many benefits of, of printing in bulk or, or printing them yourself. So let's start with printing item your, items yourself. The big benefits of printing items yourself are that you have full control over the quality, the quality control. Right, you can make sure every item looks pristine and it's perfect. Um, th the second thing is you're going to have bigger margins in theory because you are ordering the item yourself, you're printing it yourself, that's gonna lower costs. When you're using print on demand, of course, there are things that you're paying for like the labor costs that are baked into there, some kind of profit margin for that print on demand company. Um, you know, And then you've got packaging, inserts, different things like that. So the cost is a little bit higher with print on demand because you have those other things you're paying for. So when you're printing items yourself, you get full quality control and you also get higher margins. Here's the caveat is that you as the business owner, 99.9% .9 of the time, that's not the thing you should be doing as, mm -hmm. a, as a new business. You should not be focused on printing items because I can tell you myself, uh, I've, I've worked in screen printing before. I haven't done much like in heat press or anything like that at home because I've always used print on demand, but I've worked in screen printing before and like printing items, it takes a lot of time. 
my wife has her little cricket that she loves that she designs all the stuff around the house. And like, she'll spend four hours on, you know, printing one thing out for the, for the kid's bedroom or something like it takes a lot of time and you could be putting that time into marketing, which could, which, which is the, the thing that directly makes you money is actually is marketing. And so mm -hmm. you just have to think, where am I putting my time? Where's my time most valuable? you're likely, if you're not putting your time into marketing, you're likely not going to have many sales and you're going to be limited by, you're going to be limited to how high you can scale up your business because you're the one that's printing all the items manually yourself. Right. And so it's just not a good use of your time. So when you look at the, I guess the opportunity cost, I think that's the word I'm looking for is if you're putting your time into there, you're, you're actually losing money, right? Because your time is valuable. And so every time you print a t-shirt, you might say, oh, the margin's so high, I'm getting 80% margins, but how much is your time worth that you put into printing that t-shirt, right? Um, yeah. So the last, last thing to say, I know Adrian's got uh, thoughts, is printing in bulk. This is kind of the hybrid of where you can use a, maybe a local screen printer, or a, I think you guys use a fulfillment company. I use a local screen printer here. We uh, use a local street. screen printer and then we use a third party fulfillment yeah. company to warehouse and ship out the items that are ordered. So that's even a little bit different. Like what I've always done is, you know, when it's like high, high sales uh, volume times of the year, like Black Friday, for instance, I will have my best sellers locally screen printed and we'll usually fulfill those ourselves. So we'll actually ship them out ourselves. Uh, and we just know, hey, these couple of weeks are going to be high volume. We're going to be doing more work. So that's kind of a hybrid, right? I'm not printing them. Mm but I'm actually still shipping them myself, which still is, there's some time involved uh, there. What you're doing is having them locally screen printed and then having a fulfillment company doing it. So you're basically yeah. fully outsourcing it. And the big mm -hmm. benefit of that is you get some of your time back and uh, you, but you also get to take advantage of some of those higher margins. Mm -hmm. But what we recommend is starting with print on demand. And as you identify winners and, and items that become best sellers, then you can have those specific designs locally screen printed in bulk so that you get to take advantage of some of those juicy high margins mm -hmm. um, because you've built up some cash flow, right? You've built up some right. proof. You've also built up some proof that that design will sell. So you can feel more comfortable ordering a hundred of them, let's say, as opposed to I'm going to order a hundred. I don't know if it's going to sell. You've already sold a bunch of these with print on demand. So now you go order a hundred and you know, they're going to sell. So you get yeah. to take advantage of that, those bigger margins. That was really well said. I felt like uh, it was kind of scatterbrained because I was still thinking about that fly and I just saw him on the, on my desk and I was like, no, <laughs> right in the middle. This of is going to be known as the fly episode. This yeah. is going to be known as the fly episode. Yeah. Um, Okay, dude, it kind of reminds me of something. This is totally off topic, but one of my favorite shows of all time is Breaking Bad. And I remember there's an episode in Breaking Bad where literally the whole oh episode head. is like about a fly. I don't know if you guys, anyone that listens remembers that episode, but I still remember there's one. Um, totally off topic, but back to, back to the question. Um, so that was, I, I thought you put that really well. I like that you broke Thank down you. each three because there are pros and cons to all three. So print on a man, 100% agree. Always recommend starting with print on demand until at least you get proof of concept. And what I mean by proof of concept is you have discovered that this is a niche that you want to be in for the long term. You have created at least one design that's scalable and that 
that's a winning, an A grade winning design, meaning you can scale that up to six figures with paid ads. So you're very confident. You know, you've got your niche, you've got your design, and you are totally into this. At that point, that's where we would recommend you can, if you want, you do not have to do this, but you can invest some of your profits into placing a local screen printed order. And you can either fulfill it yourself or you can outsource it to a third party fulfillment company like us. Our company is uh, Rakuten Super Logistics based out of, well, they have warehouses all over the world, but um, we put our stuff in the Houston warehouse. So um, print on demand, just to kind of reiterate, because I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are very new and I don't want to, we don't want to assume anything. And so we like to reiterate stuff. So print on demand is hands down the lowest risk, lowest cost, quickest way to start a business. And something that a lot of people don't think about the most scalable way to start a business because you already have that outsourcing. Yeah. yeah, It can grow with you. These, these, um, these third party, uh, production companies, the print on demand, uh, companies, they have a lot of times tens of thousands of, of just one single skew or one single item like the Bella Camus 3001. It's very rare that they ever sell out. It does happen occasionally, but it rarely happens with the staple items like the Bella Camus 3001. Uh, so you're able to scale. And when I was able to do, um, I had a month that I talk about sometimes where I made $277,000 in 60 days with one of my brands. And the only reason we were able to do that was because we were using print on demand. There's no way that we would have been able to sell that volume if A, we were printing from home, or if B, we were printing with a local screen printer. Because what happens is you have to pay, the bigger the order with the local screen printer, the more you have to pay up front, and it can be very risky. And so what we do is we, we place our orders, we, don't, we try not to over order, so what would happen if you had a winner, it would just sell out. And a lot of times it can take a long time, especially in Q4. Man, the local screen printers are brutal in Q4 just because they're so busy screen printing. Yeah. And so there are like massive delays. We've dealt with this with our, uh, with our fulfilled products, with our screen printed products. So you have to keep all these things in mind. Um, so that's why we recommend print on demand. Now, screen printing, yes, the margins can be better the more you can purchase usually the lower you can get down the cost and uh you know you can have screen print quality some shirts look better screen printed some look better direct to garment so you could have screen print quality items and that's really cool but it does come at a cost so uh you know you you have to pay the money up front uh you risk selling out and then having to restock and you don't really have control over how long it's going to take to restock they just tell you like oh we'll have your order out in four weeks or three weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. Around Q4, sometimes it's even worse. We've had times where I think we were in November and they're like, oh, we can't get to this till the new year. And we're like, well, that kind of, that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the, there, there are risks associated with that. And then you have to figure out the fulfillment thing. If you're self-fulfilling, that's taking your time and your time is valuable. So you have to put a, 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 an amount on that time, like a cost on that time. And if you are outsourcing to a third party fulfillment company, like we do, we pay them. Like we have to pay to ship our screen printed items from Phoenix. We like to have them locally printed. So we, we pay to have them, uh, we have them screen printed in Phoenix. We ship them to Houston. We have to pay that shipping cost, And then we have to pay a 
pack and pick fee and we have to pay other fees to the fulfillment company. So it does kind of eat away your margins over time. Um, even though I'm not totally discouraging it, I'm just saying that these are things that you have to consider when you're doing it. Um, the other thing I want to mention is printing at home. So I think a lot of people have this uh, conception that uh, that printing at home is the best way because you only you know you only have to fulfill an order when you make a sale and you can get it out really quick and there are benefits to printing from home carrie kind of mentioned some of them and he did a good job but quality control you can only you know you get to see the quality and, and then decide if you want to ship that out or not branding control being mm. able to put in inserts and stickers and uh wrap like you know packaging all sorts of stuff um which is great However, here are some of the downsides. One, you have to make an upfront investment. You have to pay for the equipment. And let's say you've never made a sale and you've, you pay for this expensive equipment. You can get some crickets and whatnot for like relatively cheap. I think maybe a couple hundred bucks or something, but probably I would think I've never printed from home before, but I would think that the more expensive, the better the quality maybe. Um, can I, can I just clear something up for everybody? Yeah, please do. Please do not start a home home design or apparel brand with a cricket please <laughs> please do not do it like my wife has had more issues with the cricket uh it just is not reliable it's not like it's slow like it's yeah. it's not fun it's like if you i mean it's cool for home stuff yeah. but it's also just not reliable it's not going to work long term like if you if you're doing like 10 orders a month maybe but why why like why so use print on demand it's not right. worth it. No, I, I I don't think it's worth it. Is my so my my verdict is that I don't think it's worth it. But I just want to kind of like explain some of the pros and cons, and maybe there's more that I'm missing. But I'm just kind of explaining the ones that immediately come to mind. So you have to not only invest in equipment up front, but you also have to invest in the blanks, the blank apparel, mm. the t-shirts, whatever styles you want to use. You have to invest in all of that up front, and then transfers if you want to have you know, uh, print transfers that you use in your machine, these things all add up. Then you have to pay shipping, you know, shipping costs. You might not get, get as good of a discount as the print on demand companies do. So like these are upfront out of the gate costs, the equipment and the blanks and the transfers and any branding material and packaging and all this other stuff that you're using. And all of a sudden you're out money before you've even made a sale. And personally, I don't like that. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I want, I want you guys to make money before you start investing in this kind of stuff. So the pros are quality control, branding control, but the cons are that you have to invest in stuff upfront, which makes it, uh, you know, you're, you're already losing money, whether you sell a shirt ever or not. Secondly, it's not scalable. I know so many people that started printing their own shirts and outgrew it as soon as they found a winner and they were scrambling when they found a winner to get people to help them or they were, they were taking a lot longer to fulfill orders and they were getting a lot of complaints and that's not a good customer experience. So it's, it can be very problematic um, it, because it's not scalable. You become your own bottleneck and you have to try to scramble to find people to help you out or you have to just work around the clock fulfilling these orders and that's exhausting and that's going to take you away from revenue generating activity which is where your time is most valuable that is that is creating designs that evoke emotion and relatability you know communicating with your niche answering questions in the dms 
creating marketing content, creating emails, all running ads, all this stuff sure. is revenue generating activity that's very valuable. And that's where your time should be focused. You as the CEO of your brand, that's where your time should be focused. Um, and fulfillment can be very, very time consuming. And that is something that you could outsource for really, really cheap, i.e. print on demand, or you could hire someone. It's, you know, it's, it's low cost work is what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. and not the best use of your time, especially at the beginning when, well, always, but at the beginning, when you're just trying to find a winning design, you're trying to like, you know, build out your brand. You've got, you've got big ideas and you're trying to get yep. them out there. So, um, I think that that answers that question. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty thorough. So hopefully that was helpful for people because we do get that question a lot. And it is good to know the pros and the cons. We don't want to just come in here and say, sure. oh, don't do this, do this. That, you know, that's the short answer, but we want to give you the long answer too. We want to justify why. And we learn from a lot of our own mistakes. So <laughs> we have no benefit in shilling print on demand. We, like, right. we would tell you if it was, if it was better to do it the other way, we're not like, you know, getting extra money to tell you that print on demand is, is great. Totally, totally. We and we, believe, have, we, just believe in we it. have members of our own communities that aren't doing print on demand. Some of them yeah. are screen printing their own orders. So like, yeah, like we, we work with t-shirt apparel brands, whether they're doing print on demand or not. Mm -hmm. It's just where we recommend everyone start. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not saying that you can't eventually scale up to something like local screen printing. All right, next question. Question number three. We'll see how much, how many of these questions we actually get through. We actually have quite a bit. Carrie before the call was like, how long do you think it'll take us to get through these? I'm like, dude, at our rate, man, we should I think we should do like 15 to 20 minutes per question. I think we should do two more probably. Because <laughs> yeah. that's going to be about a only got 60 minute two. Yeah, huh? yeah. I know. All right. This one's going to be right. quick though, I think. I think, yeah, I think this one is going to be quick. So question number three. Uh, the, the person says, I know you guys talk about Shopify a lot, but I'm thinking about starting with something that costs less like Wix or GoDaddy. Is there anything wrong with that or should I go for it? Okay. I'm going to keep it. If this fly will leave me alone, I'm going to keep it to two, two main, two main reasons. You should go with Shopify over GoDaddy or Wix. First reason is Wix and GoDaddy by nature are not designed for e-commerce. They're mm -hmm. not built from the ground up for having an online physical product brand. Things like Wix and GoDaddy, Squarespace, those kind of things, they're actually built for like your local plumber, your local handyman, right? Like your, you know, local business that's got a small, that's, that's what they were designed for was so, you know, mom's bakery down the street could create a website really quickly and easily and inexpensively. They were not built for e-commerce brands. And what they did was they just at some point said, Oh crud, we're getting crushed by Shopify. We need to add this e-commerce thing, right? So they added a little, you know, makeshift e-commerce leg and allowed people to now create an online physical product brand. They so that's kind of like number one to add to that is they're because of that infrastructure, they're not going to be equipped for you to scale really high, right? And like build a bigger business that maybe does in the millions. So they're they're just not built for that. And that means you're not going to get the experience. Uh, that you will have on Shopify, because on the other hand, Shopify is built from the ground up. They have always been and will always be an e-commerce platform first, mm -hmm. which means the features, the software, everything is built for e-commerce. 
And the second reason that I think you should go with Shopify and not go with Wix or GoDaddy is because, and somewhat related to number one, because of the Shopify app store. Oh, I have yeah. done, I have done, um, I've done reviews on YouTube between like some of these, like Wix and GoDaddy, Squarespace, and different things. They cannot hold a candle to the Shopify app store. Like it is crazy. I'll give you one example. Let's say that you want to, you know, you want to do print on demand. You're listening to this podcast. You want to do print on demand. You're like, I'm going to go with Wix. If you go to the Wix, like the Wix app store, you literally have like four or five print on demand companies you can choose from. You go in the Shopify app store, you have almost 400 print on demand companies you can choose from. Mm -hmm. So it's things like that, right? When you need to go do email marketing, you're going to go into the GoDaddy, whatever connect, whatever connections they have, you're going to have like two options. You go into mm -hmm. Shopify, you're going to have 50 options. Right. right. So you can find the the software and the the solutions that are going to work for you. And there's so much more you can do with the Shopify app store. The Shopify app store, if you don't know what it is, it's like the Apple app store on your phone, on your iPhone, or like the Google Play store on your, your Android phone. Like when you need an additional feature to add to your phone, you go find an app for it. And it's the same thing in the Shopify app store is like, oh, I need to do upsells. Let me go search for an upsell app. Boom. Mm -hmm. Within seconds, I've got upsells, right? I need email marketing. Go search for it. I need print on demand. Go search for it. I need, you know, whatever. Um, and that's a huge, huge, massive benefit about Shopify over the competitors. And the last thing I would say, number three, is in reference to the pricing, and this is not to, to sound snooty or anything, um, but I, I think the pricing difference, in my opinion, is pretty insignificant because the experience you're going to get on Shopify is like hundreds of times better than you're going to get on Wix and GoDaddy. And the support, the Shopify support, the experience, the features, I mean, it's, it's more than worth the small price difference between Wix, GoDaddy, Squarespace, any of those compared to Shopify. Well said, very well said. Uh, I'm not going to say much more because you pretty much said it all. The only two things I'll mention, um, just to kind of, sort of reiterate something you said just to make it very crystal clear is that shopify has apps for pretty much everything you can possibly imagine and they were made for the shopify app store so they were made to be easy to integrate with your shopify store um we're gonna do a future episode we're gonna do kind of like a why shopify episode uh and we can you know, hopefully that'll bring a lot more clarity and we can expand out on more things. But um, Carrie nailed it there. You know, they've got apps for pretty much everything. And many of those apps are one click integration. So you don't have to hire a developer. You don't have to go in and do any coding. You don't have to spend a bunch of time setting it up. A lot of the time, literally it's like add app and then it automatically adds to your store. So I just want to add those two things. Um, but I've always used and always recommend Shopify. Maybe that won't be always the case, but because they're a e-commerce first platform, I believe that they're the best out there. And I would be surprised if anyone beats them because they just keep getting better all the time. Uh, just to, so, yeah. just to, I just randomly looked up the Wix pricing. I know GoDaddy knows are going to be different, but to mm -hmm. get just to get the e-commerce part of it. So first of all, it's really confusing because like I said, they're going to serve all businesses, not like they're going to serve mom's bakery and they're going to serve, you know, e-commerce brand, but mm -hmm. to get the e-commerce portion of it in your account, it looks like it's 27 a month is what I see. The initial plan that much cheaper. Well, yeah. Shopify is 29 a month. If you pay yearly, if you pay monthly, it's 39 a month. 
Yeah, that um, sounds right. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's a couple dollars difference. Uh, and it will be, it will make your life so much better to, to, to go with Shopify yep. over, over these other options. Well, well worth the difference. Yes. Well, well worth it. Um, all right, cool. Well, I think that we answered that one. Um, I don't think there's anything else to, um, so to answer your question, is there anything wrong with that or should I go for it? We say go for Shopify, hands down, go for Shopify. Um, next question. Question number four, maybe we can get through five, Carrie. Who knows? Let's, 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 let's keep it rolling. Uh, question number four, what are your thoughts on using two print on demand providers? Can I do this? Is there any issues with it? Ooh, good question. Really good question that a lot of people, especially when they start, um, because they'll start with one print on demand provider and then they'll see that another print on demand provider offers products that theirs doesn't. And they're like, well, I don't want to go through all the trouble of switching. So maybe I can just use that one as well. So uh, do you want to start or do you want me to jump in and start with this one? Uh, why don't you start this one, even though I could definitely, <laughs> could definitely handle oh, yeah. it. <laughs> I think we're thinking the same thing because we get asked, get asked this a lot. so many even times. In, even in the Six Figure Founder community, we get asked this a lot. Yeah. Um, so first question, what are your thoughts on using two print-on-demand providers? Not ideal but it's okay. It's not ideal, but it's okay. Um, totally agree. And let, yeah, let me, let me expand on that a little bit. The reason why it's not ideal is that it's gonna kind of uh, break up the order a little bit. So for example, if you are ordering, if someone goes on your store and they order one item from one print provider and another item from another print provider, those are going to go in two separate packages. And sometimes even the print on demand company you use might send it in two different packages, but a lot of times they'll send it all together in one. Um, so secondly, you're going to have to pay two full shipping costs. And a lot of times the, uh, when you use one print on demand provider, uh, you'll get shipping discounts if they place, mm. if someone places an order of more than one item. So if someone orders two Bella Camus 3001 t-shirts instead of one, you're not going to pay as much to ship that second item. So you're actually, that's actually going to improve your margins. It's going to lower your shipping costs. It's going to improve your margins. Um, and then third, sometimes the quality just is inconsistent across print providers. So uh, some print providers are definitely better than others. Uh, and if you make the mistake of using one good one and one bad one, and someone gets this inconsistent quality, overall, it's going to be a bad experience because they're going to be like, oh, this shirt, the second shirt is trash, uh, even though the other one could have been really good, but it's overshadowed by the fact that one of them they're really unhappy with. Um, so those are kind of the first things that come to mind, not to mention it does require more, uh, what I call it, like more admin work. Let's say someone wants to return the order where they ordered two items from two different print providers. You, you'll have to, you'll have to reach, you might have to reach out to two different supports and deal with two different supports and it can create more work for you. So uh, also there's different fulfillment times. So one item might come really fast. One item might come like 10 days later. You just never know. There's a lot of variables that are out of your control when you're using two. Now, the reason why I say it's okay is because there are a lot of times where there, there might be a product that's super perfect for your niche, or it's a high margin product and your print provider doesn't offer it. And if it's in a different product category, 
a lot of the times I would say maybe go for it. Like for example, let's say you work with one print provider and they're all about the apparel. They just, that's their bread and butter as they do all apparel. And then there's another print provider who their bread and butter is wall art and you want to introduce wall art to your brand. Well, that's a completely different product category. And maybe some people will buy a shirt and wall art. I think more likely some people will buy more apparel and some people will buy just the wall art. They could blend both and that's fine. But those are two very different product categories and you do want to have the best, right? So in, in that situation, when it's a totally different product category, I would say it. Now, if it's apparel and one is selling a 3001 and then one is selling, let's say a next level t-shirt that's really similar, I would say either choose one and stick with one provider for the t-shirt, just choose if Bella Chemist 3001 or the next level t-shirt and just stick with one. Um, or don't offer the second one. Well, I guess it's kind of the same thing. Don't offer the second one because they're yeah. so similar. It's not worth having two very, very similar products with two print providers and potentially going through some headaches, which I explained earlier. So generally when I recommend using another one, it would be for something, a different product category. Like maybe it's jewelry, maybe it's wall art, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's luggage, something that yours just doesn't offer. Um, before I get into their other questions, well, I guess the next question is, can I do this? Yes, you can absolutely do it. You can go into the Shopify app store and you can download more than one and you can use more than one. There is some work required to make sure that not both are fulfilling orders. If, if they have the same, if they offer the same orders, so you have to be careful there. Um, and is there any issues with it? Well, I kind of explained what the issues could be. Carrie, I'd like to know your thoughts and if there's any issues that I missed that you can think of. Yeah, I think you covered most of it. The big things to consider when you have two print on demands, uh, try to remember all three of them. So I had three, three main ones. Uh, your customer is going to get multiple, multiple uh, shipments when they order items from both, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you as the seller are going to have to pay double shipping charges if a customer orders one item from one print on demand, one item from the other print on demand. So the problem that that introduces into your business is how do you charge your customer? How, yes, how are you point. going to charge shipping for your customer? And that's, yeah. I think, honestly, that's probably the hardest one because by default in Shopify, when you add, when you add two, um, two print on demands, it creates two locations. And for, for whatever reason, Shopify has a hard time uh, doing like tiered shipping prices when you add multiple items and so it ends up it ends up just adding the shipping charges together and it can get really really expensive so what i recommend if you're going to do two print on demands with shipping is that you just make everything free shipping on your entire website even though we love to do like free shipping over 50 and different stuff like that in this specific scenario you need to bake your shipping into your prices you're going to have to just raise your prices a little bit and offer free shipping that's the easiest thing you can do because then you're not going to run into any shipping issues but um, that's a big thing to consider. If you're considering going with two print on demand providers, how much are you going to be charged as the seller? And then how are you going to charge that to your customers so that you're not just like losing all your profit, right? Yeah. Um, so what I, what I always would typically recommend, and I think you do too, is like, if you can stick with one, stick with one because it mm -hmm. can get so mm -hmm. messy and so it's a good idea when you're at the beginning stages of your print on demand business and you are planning out what are you going to do what niche are you going to be in all that kind of stuff take long consideration on what products will you potentially want to sell in the future 
Let's say maybe you start with t-shirts, but you're like, man, I really, I'm going to want to add hats. Like, I know I'm going to want to add hats. I know I'm going to want to add hoodies. I know I'm going to want to do mugs. And then when you choose your print on demand provider, consider those factors. You may not want to sell hats right now, but does your print on demand providers offer hats so that you could add them later on down the road? So that's one advantage I would say that a lot of print on demands that have maybe bigger catalogs have over some of the smaller companies is that you know, you'll be able to expand without a lot of those headaches uh, that you might have if you, if you have two print on demand providers. Yeah, to totally agree. That was, that was uh, well reiterated. Um, there was something I wanted to say, uh, but I forget. So we will move on. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> one, one, the, one thing that we like to reiterate a lot of the time, especially at the beginning, keep it simple. Simple everything, simple website, everything. simple content, simple designs, simple one single print-on-demand provider if possible, because everything that you make not simple usually comes with some added risk or work or liabilities. And we don't want you dealing with you know, getting double charged on shipping when and figuring out how you're going to do that and spend a bunch of time figuring out a strategic shipping method versus spending that time on better things like revenue generating activity. So uh, if you keep it simple, simple sells. If you keep it simple, that's where we always recommend starting. And uh, that's usually where we recommend staying as well. <laughs> so, um, all right. One cool. more. Well, I think we have time for one more. You one think more. so, Carrie? Yeah, cool. One more question. One. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> question number five. Can you talk about pricing? I really struggle to price my products higher. I'm afraid no one will buy at some of the price points you guys talk about. How can I justify a $30 t-shirt? It's a very legitimate question, a very good question. Um, and I have no trouble talking about pricing. Um, Carrie, did you want to start or do you want me to start? I, th I think you have really good perspective on it, Adrian, sure. because, you know, I know your, your brand, your brand charges premium prices. Yep. And, and yep. so I, I like, I like hearing your perspective on it. So we charge premium prices and we sell a lot of the exact same blanks as other brands, like the Bella okay. canvas three zero zero one t-shirt with which we sell for $38. You know, it's the exact same. That's I know good. crazy, right? <laughs> like that's a print on demand Bella canvas three zero zero one. And so I, so one of my mottos is never compete on price, yes. never compete on price. Instead, focus on increasing the perceived value of your brand. And there are so many ways to do this. Uh, having relatable and emotion evoking designs that people actually want to buy and that they'll pay $30 for, uh, or even more $35 for, um, you know, having great customer support, having lots of social proof, having user generated content, having customer testimonials, having a great social media presence, uh, communicating with your customers at a really high level, you know, paying, paying a lot of attention to the customer service aspect. The list just goes on and on and on. There are so many things that you can do. Having high quality imagery, uh, having a website that's conversion optimized and having a website that looks professional and trustworthy. Like I, I could literally keep spouting off things, but there's so many ways that you can increase your perceived value. And when you put one of these brands 
that has really high perceived value next to a brand that does not, a lot of people are going to pay higher prices because they just trust the other brand more and they like their images better. They think they look more professional. They like their customer service better. They like that they can read a bunch of customer testimonials and see a bunch of user-generated content. They see that they are very active on social media. There's so many reasons why people will not hesitate to pay more if they trust the brand more. And one thing that I just want to say is I know it's scary to raise your prices. There's been so many times where I've also hesitated to raise my prices. Um, and I have raised my prices a lot over the years. I think we started selling t-shirts at like $24.99 way back in the day. And then we just kept bumping it up. And if you have good, uh, high quality designs that evoke emotion and relatability with your niche and they're original, people are going to buy them. People will pay a lot of them will pay premium prices to get them. Uh, I actually think of it as a differentiator because just price alone can have a higher perceived, can give your brand a higher perceived value. And so I do think it's a differentiator. However, you have to match that perceived value. Like you have to do these things to justify the prices. You can't just slap together a really bad website with no social proof, no testimonials, no user generated content like blurry pixelated images, one that just doesn't look trustworthy at all, and then charge 35 bucks for a t-shirt. No, not many people are going to go for that. But if you can really focus on increasing that perceived value, which there's so many ways to do it, a lot of which I just spouted off, then yes, people will pay more. And they're going to, they're not even going to compare your brand to a lot of these other brands. They're going to be at a totally different level. And personally, I don't think $30 is much for a t-shirt at all. I think $30 is cheap for a t-shirt. I buy most of my t-shirts from Lululemon where I pay about 60 bucks for a t-shirt. That's normal for me. That's what I expect to pay. Spiritual Gangster is one of my favorite brands. I think their t-shirts go for like 50 bucks. Again, that's what I expect to pay. And so it's, it's almost like a, like a, a scarcity mindset uh, to think that like everyone just cares about price. They don't. If I like something enough, I don't give an F about price. Like most of the time, I will buy it. I mean, if it was a thousand dollars, I don't think I would want it. But like, you know, with might be reason, somebody who would though. Thousand dollars. There might be someone that would, the Supremes <laughs> of the world and whatnot. Yeah. But like my my point is like I don't really think about price when I buy t-shirts. And it's not just me. There's lots of people out there. And those are good customers to have because they become brand loyal. They're not looking at your prices. And if they believe that the value or the perceived value matches the price, they will not hesitate to buy it. Like, dude, we get our designs knocked off all the time. Like we're always getting our designs stolen. Yet, our, one of our best-selling designs is from 2017. And there's probably a hundred other identical designs out there that stole it from us. Yet we, it's still one of our best sellers because we've found ways to separate ourselves from the pack and make our brand look more trustworthy. And I believe that our price point, we go for the kind of premium lifestyle brand. I believe that our price point is one of our differentiators. People are like, oh, I trust this brand. They've got a lot of social proof and testimonials and user-generated content. And they, you know, they look like the original creator of this, as opposed to a lot of these really basic websites that are thrown together just to steal people's designs and sell them. A lot of times they have no social media presence. Their prices are like $10, which to me that just screams like fraud or, or bad quality. 
uh, and they're just not trustworthy. So I would not buy, even if it was the only shirt available, if it was $10 and it looked like it was from an untrustworthy website, I'd probably pass. So, so if it was $10 on, on untrust, yeah. Uh, if it was $10, it would make me pass anyways. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't exactly. matter what the website like, looks like, $10. Anything yeah. under like 25 bucks, I would think twice about because I would have concerns about the quality because you can't see it when you buy online. And maybe that's just me. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, some people do just care about price. Personally, those aren't my ideal audience or my yeah. ideal customer. I don't want people that only care about price because guess what? Someone's going to knock off your design and they're going to drop the price and that person's not going to hesitate to jump ship and go buy it from them. There's no brand loyalty there. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you know, we focus on nurturing our customers, sending regular emails, posting regular on social media, that kind of stuff that you can do to build brand loyalty and nurture your audience yeah. and get them to come back again and again. So, uh, whew, I think I long. would, I would sum it up like this. Hopefully this helps somebody, but I would sum it up like this. Don't assume that somebody won't pay a price just because mm -hmm. you won't pay it. Totally. Like, totally. I, I, I'm not trying to call out this, this listener. We love you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think that's something to think about is like, you might not pay $30 for a t-shirt, but like you have two guys here that $30 would be cheap. You know what I mean? Dude, that's that, that's, so cheap for me. Yeah. I never buy t-shirts well, for $30. Well, it's funny because you, <laughs> you, you were talking about you buy Lululemon stuff. And I, I recently got hooked on this brand, uh, Viore. Oh, dude, Viore is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like so Lululemon. Yeah. Like I just started buying this brand up because I bought, I bought a couple of their shirts and I was like, dude, these are the best shirts ever. Like mm -hmm. they're, I'm not wearing one right now, but they're just super duper soft and everything. Anyways, the t-shirt the is $54. Uh, mm -hmm. and I started buying some of the shorts, the shorts are 68 bucks, but like, I'm trying to figure out why did I buy this? Well, I do love the product after I got, that's one thing is after I got it, I, I wanted to buy more, mm -hmm. but I'm looking at their website right now. And like, they do such an incredible job of, of displaying the value and like really showing you how quality of a product it is. The mockups right. are super high quality. Um, the, they have lifestyle mockups on every page. I'm looking mm -hmm. at the t-shirts the that I bought a bunch of. They have 7,000 reviews. The shorts have Dang. over 12,000 reviews. They're all right there on the page. Like I can see what it looks like on a person. It tells me one thing I love when, when sites do this, it tells me uh, what size the model is wearing and how tall they are. Mm, like, it's like too. stuff yeah. like that where like, I'm looking mm -hmm. at this and like, it's a professional website, really high quality images, you know, social proof, great descriptions, like all this kind of stuff, you know, that builds that value. It's like, okay, I can justify $54 for a T, you know, because right. like, yeah, it's so, so trustworthy. Right. And yeah. I do think one thing to consider, like you mentioned is like, who, who is your ideal customer? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There might be some people out there, like say for this listener, you might have started a brand and your customer may not be the guy that's like me or Adrian that would spend $60 on a t-shirt. Like that may not be your market. Yeah, maybe right. maybe it is the guy that wants to buy that like heavy duty Gildan shirt because they work outside or whatever. And maybe you do need to offer it at $23, $24, 20 bucks or whatever. And you can get it for a lot cheaper and sell it and still make a good margin. But mm -hmm. those are things to consider. If you're if you're selling a high quality blank, you're selling a next level, a bell and canvas, whatever, like you can't sell it at 20 bucks. Like you just can't. Mm -hmm. Inflation, all the different things, like. You have to sell it at least 30 bucks or more. You know what I mean? So, and there's nothing wow. wrong with doing that. And there are people that will pay that price. One thing you also talked about that I want to briefly mention is just that branding element. It's like when you add that yeah. 
custom branding, you add the custom tag or the custom, you know, mm -hmm. custom printed label, maybe an insert in the package or custom branded packaging. When you start mm -hmm. to add that custom branding, that really raises the value of your product, the perception, perception of the value of your product, and you can charge a premium price for that. So you should yeah. absolutely, no one listening to this, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be afraid to sell at premium prices. Just mm -hmm. make sure that you have a professional, trustworthy website. You have that social proof uh, and, and, and just, just own it. Just own it. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I, there, there's a couple of things that every time we go back and forth, like, we, you know, we think about more. It's like, it's like, a, it's like battle, you know, we go back and forth, kind of, we just think of more stuff to say. So there's a couple of things like, you know, the way that I, uh, that, that we kind of teach social media as a primary acquisition channel is a channel to attract your ideal target audience is first, use it, put out content and try to attract your ideal audience. Second, build a following of raving fans. And then third, convert those followers into paying customers. And I think if you do a really good job of niching down and offering a lot of valuable content for your niche, you will attract your ideal target audience. You will build a following of raving fans and many of them will be loyal brand advocates they will be cheerleaders for your brand because they'll be like this brand is so me it's like me with spiritual gangster i feel like my values align with spiritual gangster and i have shirts that say spiritual gangster on them and i paid probably 50 bucks for that t-shirt and i know i could go on amazon or etsy and probably buy the exact same knockoff for like 15 bucks but that's that's not the brand that i want to support i want to support the brand that i feel like aligns with my values so uh, you know really doubling down on your brand and offering a lot of value to your brand and being really dedicated to that brand that can also create a lot of brand loyal customers who won't even look at the knockoffs. Some of them, we've had customers send us photos of knockoffs and be like, hey, just want to let you know that this these people totally stole your design. That's how brand that's loyal wild. they are. They're not buying them and, and they're selling it for like half the price we are. And that's when you know you've got like loyal, you know, loyal customers. So the, that's another thing I want to mention is we're really big on niching down, choosing a niche and creating everything around your ideal target audience in that niche. And that alone can separate you from a lot of other brands like me. I would way rather buy from a spiritual gangster who everything they do aligns with my values versus some random general store online that has designs for everything under the sun. And they just kind of knock off every other kind of <laughs> every other brand. I, I, I would rather support the brand that I feel like I align with. So that's the one thing is really focus on your niche and really offer a lot of value to them. And the other thing I would just want to mention, like I'm on whole strengths website. I just pulled it up because while Carrie was talking and I was like, okay, I looked at one of their t-shirts and it says powered by faith on the front. And then it has their logo on the back and they're selling it for $34. Now you could probably go find a knockoff of that shirt for half the price, but whole strength is a seven figure brand, maybe an eight figure brand. They're doing like, I believe seven figures a year. This brand is absolutely crushing it. What do we, what do we say on that episode? Like we were estimating it was like four, four to six or somewhere in there. Right. I think it was more like seven to 8 million per year yeah. or something like that. Based on the traffic uh, and conversion, all that stuff. Right. Right. But these guys are absolutely crushing it with premium prices. And a lot of their designs are pretty basic and that's okay. We believe simple sells and you can make a basic design looks super elevated and better than these knockoffs that a lot of times they'll just use like a print on demand mock-up. 
These guys have actual models wearing them. Maybe, maybe some of them are from Etsy, who knows? But there's a lot of ways that you can enhance your imagery and you can do all these things like I mentioned earlier to increase the perceived value. But these are $34 t-shirts. I'm looking at one armor of God, $40. It's yeah. probably selling. They have 352 reviews. My guess is that it's selling, yeah. you know? So like the price is, I, I know that people will, like, I think you said something really good, Carrie, that I really like. You said, don't assume that everyone won't pay the prices that you won't pay. And I think a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that are like, ah, I probably wouldn't pay more than 18 to $20 for a t-shirt. That's fine. Not my ideal target audience. Yep, uh, exactly. They'll go buy whoever's selling 18 to $20 t-shirts, but don't expect them to ever come back. You know, there's not going to be any brand loyalty there. They're just going to jump from like low price to low price place. We, you want to build a movement. You want to build a tribe. You want to build a passionate following that loves your brand, loves everything you do, and then create products specifically with them in mind. There's so much value in that and people will not hesitate. A lot of people will not hesitate to pay your prices. Exactly. You nailed it, dude. What's that? You nailed it. Oh, oh, thanks. I thought you said, you know, the dude, I was like, what dude? No. Whole strength? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm very passionate about this. And as someone who also struggled at the beginning, a lot raising prices, but someone who said, screw it, I'm going to do it and just continue to push up prices over time, going from like $24.99 for a t-shirt to $38 a t-shirt. I'm obviously a very big advocate because I've seen that you can absolutely succeed and it gives you a lot more flexibility. It helps your margins. It can allow you to give bigger discounts, uh, which are really attractive to people. There's a lot of things you can do. You have a lot more flexibility when you have better margins. And that's why I never recommend going at rock bottom prices you know, it's just not the strategy I recommend. Some people do recommend that like at the beginning, especially in somewhere like Etsy or Amazon, just to get sales. So the algorithm pushes you up. That's not our strategy. We don't, we don't believe that Etsy or Amazon should be your primary or should be your main platform. We believe that yeah. those are secondary platforms and marketplaces, you know, that are complementary, but not yeah. your, your pr pl primary platform because they're not owned platforms. Mm -hmm. So Anyhow, whew, that was that was a long one. Um, maybe we should wrap it up there. Unless, yeah. yeah? All right. This All was right. A, yeah. This was a good episode. This was this was kind of a weird episode though, because uh, the stinking fly just oh. <laughs> infiltrated my my podcast. Uh, he's still flying vibe. around my room. I'm gonna leave this podcast recording and go get a fly swatter and find him, and I'm gonna kill him. Good idea. You're gonna have to do like a like a scan next time before we record. You're gonna have to I go know. around the room, like you know, on the prowl, looking for like this <laughs> this obscure uh, you know fly. But anyhow, stinking fly. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> this episode, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an honest review on whichever platform you're listening on. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple, we would love to hear from you and let, let us know what you think of this podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Hey.